Hey, everybody. We wanted to take a quick moment before the start of the show to say a couple of words about the death of Chadwick Boseman. And we are all kind of geeks and we're all into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we just kind of want to talk about a little bit about the death that kind of, you know, I think it all hit us in differently, but all hard. And we just wanted to kind of spread our condolences towards Chadwick Boseman and his family. And uh, just wanted to say, you know, how much we appreciate his work as short-lived as it was. Yeah, uh, it was definitely something that I didn't think would hit me as hard as it did. I, I agree with you, Ant, because like you said, he it's not it's not about how long he's been around, but just the the quality of work that he did. I mean, he came out with just classic character after classic character, and they were all uh, giants of history, you know, Jackie Robinson, all those titans of history. And then, of course, his big one, Black Panther. And I'll, I'll never forget when he first arrived in Civil War, just like how, how great of an entrance it was and how he really stole the show and his movie... I, I've told this story on social media a couple of times, but uh, Jen and I went to the opening night of Black Panther, and as we were going in, there was a family coming out, and they were wearing uh, traditional a- African garb. And, you know, they were dancing and singing, and the father of the family asked me to take a picture of his family in front of the Black Panther cutout, and they they did the Wakanda Forever signal. It was just like, man, you don't see that in theater. You don't see that kind of representation and that that kind of joy in theaters anymore, especially all whole families. So his and a lot of people will always say, you know, it's a comic book character. It's for kids. And that's not necessarily true. And I, I think that story really shows that how how important not only the character was, but how he portrayed the character and him doing these monumental movies while the diagnosis he had is nothing short of phenomenal. And he's, to me, he's a real life hero. Well said. Yeah. Mark, do you have anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's as we're getting older, you know, I I've seen all of Shadow's movies and they've all been great. And, but I think, I think as we get older, we also start, these deaths start hitting a little harder. Like, like I just remember back when, when Kobe Bryant died, just because he, you know, he died with his daughter and, you know, I have a niece around the same age, so it hit me a little hard just thinking about all that. And here, as we get older, you start thinking about, you know, our health and things like that. Like he's 43 years old and got died of cancer. It's, it's, it's something that can come at any time. And just to see the strength and that he showed throughout going to those hospitals with those kids that, you know, had the same diagnosis as him in terms of, in some cases, terminal, like he probably was near the last year and a half um, when he got to stage four and just not letting any of that energy go and just being there for them. And just now all those speeches he gave, you look back and he was trying not to to keep that very private, but you could tell just remembering the words, what he going through his head. But I think the thing we'll miss, and it's always a thing that makes you angry watching movies and watching all this is the, is sometimes these actors that are really talented and from a real place as an actor, like the, the, the gravitas and the, and the, uh, I think it's pathos is, you know, the term looking for that he brought to, you know, Jackie Robinson and Thurgood Marshall and King T'Challa and just 
you you felt that character through him and very rarely um do you see that and it's a shame that he doesn't get to age gracefully and maybe become what a guy like Idris Elba is starting to do as he gets a little older or Denzel and you know we don't get to see him move into the Morgan Freeman phase of his career you know at the end and the one statement I'll make is I will stand by that the best interaction between two characters in the whole MCU in terms from an acting standpoint is just between him and Michael B. Jordan that entire hero villain back and forth and just the the acting clinics, not to use a, you know, a cliche term they put on in some of those scenes to just sell you on what was going on um, is what really drew me into Black Panther. And uh, yeah, it's going to be sad. It's just, it's tough. But at least now you can go back, watch all those movies and they're, you know, there forever and you can show your kid. Yeah, I think as you've seen all throughout social media and all this stuff, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be missed by everybody that came in contact with him. He just one of those special human beings that that touches everyone um, that he in in a way through the rest of their lives once they meet him and even us through the screen. But yeah, it was kind of one of those shocks where you just hoped it was like a fake tweet like yeah. from a fake account when it popped up. Kind of the same thing with the Kobe thing. You know, it was one of those things that's like, no, this can't. No, I'm I'm supposed to see him with gray hair. Like this is he's supposed to end up having taking bad comedy roles in his 60s. To, to try and make some money this isn't how to go out but it's a lot better that he did all this work and he didn't have that fade out at the end of his career all of his good work is there and can be celebrated without any stains on it near the end if there's any silver lining you know that can that can be one of them but and also go see your doctors if you feel anything weird no matter what your age is yeah, a man in his late 30s ended up having colon cancer. So just stay on top of your health because even guys that we think are superheroes and invincible can get this stuff. Yeah, so once again, we just wanted to say our condolences to Chadwick Boseman. We're going to miss you, his family, deepest condolences, and the fans too because Hollywood is is 50% fans. So anybody that is feeling hurt by his loss, uh, we're with you on that. So, But on to more positive things and we're going to go into our episode now so on with the show i ran across a news article about a cardiologist in l.a he fell in love with a teenage girl kidnapped her faked her death (laughs) then he ran off to mexico and he's wanted by the fbi and he looks like this okay i think we're done here it was love at first sight at last sight i'm a doctor get out of the way How long were you in Mexico? Two months. What do you do for a living? I'm a, a doctor. You're never going to guess who I ran into today. Dr. Slauson. He came by school. My mom's been really sick. What's wrong with her? They say she has all kinds of anxieties. Claustrophobia, fear of heights. She doesn't need another doctor. She needs a boyfriend. Amy told me you had some medical issues, and I thought maybe I could help. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm thinking I could date the mother, which would help me get closer to the daughter. Excuse me? This is the first guy since your dad that I was seriously doubting I could ever feel this way again. She's not like other women. She understands me. We have a connection. I can feel it. This is love. He's such a great guy. He helped me get over my mom heights. He's kind. He's generous. And he's so pervert. What? You should have seen the way he was looking at me, asking me about my sexual experiences. You shouldn't have asked her about her sex life. You know what's going on here, don't you? She doesn't want you to move on. Do you think I wanted him to come on to me last night? I'm not so sure that he did. 
Victor asked me to marry him. I want you to know that if anything ever happens to your mom, and she can't take care of you for whatever reason, you barely know the guy. What if you're wrong about him? Apparently, there is no Dr. Victor Slauson practicing medicine anywhere in the state of California. I know it sounds crazy, but my mom's in trouble. I think her new husband's gonna kill her. Here we go. I, Linda, take you, Victor, to be my lawfully wedded husband. To have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health. Until death do us part. He is so good, Mother. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Naming Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindaming.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindami. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I can't believe they stole my idea to use stock photos when I'm trying to pick up women. <laughs> Damn uh, you, whoever wrote this movie. I hope the women that you don't try and pull that on do not watch Stalked by My Doctor of the Return. <laughs> this Before, is my boat. <laughs> <laughs> obviously shot from another, someone else's boat. Boat. <laughs> Before we get into that movie, guys, as we've been doing since we've been in quarantine, uh, what have you watched this week? Mark, I'll let you go first, because I, I didn't watch anything. Still unpacking the new house, so if you've watched something... I But I have a question for you guys, so when you're yeah, done... I haven't watched anything because I've been doing the opposite of you and packing up a house oh, over the well, last... Oh, look at us. So, look at us. <laughs> look at us. Like a little yin and yang hey, thing going Hey, you. You. Yeah. Look at us. Who would have thought it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's then on, I'm the only it's on your that, shoulders, <laughs> I watched two movies and I watched them all, uh, both of them yesterday because I wanted to have something to talk about. So we could just skip this whole thing you, if you I knew. You forced it. <laughs> <laughs> you hate watched it. Yeah, I watched Queen and Slim, which was on HBO this week, which was excellent. Check that movie out. It's timely and it's amazing how often you know movies that even came out before this past May just keep becoming timely over and over again and also this past week as well and then i rewatched first time in a long time the original my bloody valentine which is very different and not quite as timely um, <laughs> but it definitely has some um, 31 days of horror they call this movie episode potential yeah I'm it's wacky i haven't seen it that. since college it's a weird one it's Cana- it's very canadian was it actually written and produced in canada Yes, I believe so. Oh, nice. I've never seen that movie. That that's worth a watch. I I would imagine. Did it, yeah. Did it have like that clean like frame rate look that most Canadian TV shows have? If you know no, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, got, I like the 48 <laughs> frames. Yeah. Just everything looks a little off now, but no, it's just you know they spell everything with O U. That's this is a new stereotype that I just learned of Canada <laughs> having like a weird frame rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all their tv shows look like they're shot like soap opera no cool i did not know that thank like you for it's ridiculous 
for teaching. That's how people. I know when my grandmother would watch like all those marathons on like Ion TV and stuff like that, and some weird cop show would come up. I could tell immediately. Like Flashpoint came up, which was about the a SWAT team, and before they even said it, like halfway through the episode, I was like. Oh, this has to be set in Canada. Turns out it, they were the Toronto Special Forces or whatever. <laughs> nice. Did they say process? Was that how you knew? Yeah. Process. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was weird that it like it had Amy Jo Johnson in it, who I don't think is Canadian. But, oh, okay. But it was that was the first time I noticed it. I was like, you know, when those all those cop and doctor shows would come on that channel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Dan, what is your question? What can we talk about this week? Okay, so just real quick, I should have sprung this on you guys earlier, but I just thought about it when I was going to the bank and Eye of the Tiger came on the radio, right? So Mm -hmm. it made me think, because my entire life, I always thought Eye of the Tiger was in Rocky 2, but it's in Rocky (laughs) 3. So that's like a huge misconception movie-wise. So I just wanted to know, what is a big movie misconception for the two of you? Something that you always thought was one thing, and then you like maybe you recently found out it's the opposite or something completely, you know, something different. Can, can I take something I just learned from a movie we watched on this podcast? Sure. Yeah. That Robert Loge's character wasn't completely evil and over the top. Okay. The yeah. whole entire time, I thought his character like kidnapped the boy or something, and was like this completely evil for some reason. But he was actually have, like, in the right. So he wasn't sort of like the Thanos was right character of that movie. But yeah, sure. that was something that I've thought my whole life, even have seen the movie in the last decade, that I completely forgot until we rewatched it for this podcast. Cool. Gotcha. The only thing I could think of off the top of my head is Go Ahead, Make My Day. Most people think it's from Dirty Harry, mm-hmm. but it's actually from the sequel, Sudden Impact. See, that's now that's, that's a good one, because yeah. I thought that was from Dirty Harry. See? Yeah. yeah it's, it, I don't know what made me think of it. I was just, I've known for a long time... That Eye of the Tiger was from Rocky Three, but growing up, I always just imagined that that was Rocky Two. It had to be Rocky Two, and then I saw Rocky Two, and it ended. I'm like, well, where the hell's Eye of the Tiger? What's going on here? <laughs> My whole like, I I probably figured it out when I was like 20, but yeah. which is weird because I'd definitely seen Rocky Two before turning 20. Sure. But yeah, I don't I don't know. It's almost like the, like Luke, I am your father. That's not the real line. It's just yeah. no, I am your father. Yeah. So it, I was just curious. And in, in lieu of me not watching any movies, I thought that it was a good idea. Now, before we go any further, I just I wanted to pose a question to Ant real quick. OK. Um, I, I challenge you, Ant. If we don't open every podcast with the song Hallelujah, I, you're a coward. I'm just saying that. <laughs> All right. the Leonard, only the Leonard Cohen version, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. If you don't do it, coward. <laughs> Well, uh, now the pressure is on for me to, to put it in front of, of this of this episode. That that would crack me up if I if I turn the podcast on Thursday and the first thing I hear is that you'd be my hero. It'd be like five to ten seconds of that song and then Dan just going "fuck you, Dan" and then going into the real opening of the episode. It, it would make as much sense of it being played on our podcast as it did for. For, and if people know what I'm talking about, then you get it. But it would make it as much sense as us playing it as where it was played. Sure. Yep. But this is not the episode for that. But this week we're talking about a movie that was my pick. This is a movie that I saw 
I think the first time it aired on Lifetime. I don't know why. I don't know what situation I wound it up wound up watching this because I don't make a habit of watching Lifetime movies. But this movie had a, an impression on me thanks to one Mr. Eric Roberts. So the movie we talked we watched this week was from 2016, Stalked by My Doctor: The Return. Uh, I, I I was gonna ask you which basic cable channel this movie first aired on. So this aired on Lifetime on September 5th, 2016. Guys, where are you coming from with Socked by My Doctor, The Return? Oh, my goodness. Where am I coming from? This movie. Oh, boy. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. God damn, man. I don't even have the words to describe how creeped out I am from watching this movie. And make no mistake, this movie's terrible. But it's just so cringeworthy. Eric Roberts just exudes creepy uncle. Just, oh man, he's so good at it. I've never heard of this movie before. I didn't know that four of them exist, I think, right? We said four. I don't know who ordered three more of these movies after the first one came out. (laughs) It's it, It has probably, out of any movie I've watched, at least on this podcast, it has the worst beginning an ending of just any movie I've seen, I think. It starts so abruptly and ends just like with a fourth wall breaking. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Nowhere in this movie is the fourth wall broken except at the end. And the beginning of the movie looks like it was just like someone was rolling with the cap on the camera and like, oh shit, we got to take it off. And then, because it, it looks like it starts in the middle of a, of a scene, right? <laughs> Right. It, it's so weird, but I love this movie so much. <laughs> it's so batshit crazy. Can we say that fourth wall breaking winks at the camera should be should replace the the freeze frame ending? Oh no, I don't no. want that. I think the freeze frame ending is just really an '80s, early '90s thing. So as we grow as a people and as the medium. <laughs> you know, expands and becomes more uh, technologically advanced, you do have to change, I guess. So we we don't see the freeze frame endings anymore, right? When's the last time you saw a freeze frame ending in a newer movie? Probably never. That's a good question. Yeah, if anyone knows out there, let us know. But uh, yeah, I think the the, the wink at the the camera is, it's a good way to end the movie now, maybe. (laughs) But it's just, the, the, the freeze frame is upper echelon ending, in my opinion. Okay. What about you, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. So first off, I was really excited when you said Eric Roberts was in this movie, and it didn't completely come into my head until you mentioned it in the chat. Why his performance was the way he was, and it's as you said because he was drunk the entire time on set, and that yeah. is exactly exactly how he looked throughout this movie, which is why I was so fascinated watching this movie. Let's like, say allegedly. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just has, he has that drunk energy to him though. Yeah. Yeah. The entire time. This movie was so fascinating because it got to a point with all the flashbacks and stuff that they were getting partially good at near like middle to end where I couldn't tell what was a flashback. Like some of them were really obvious in the beginning. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, he has a scene a little bit midway through where it wasn't until maybe the funniest scene in the movie happens that I realized it was a flashback. When she falls off the second floor when they're the, making out. The dream sequences are dream great. Dream sequence, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't like, know uh, either. They they blended it in very well. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, I thought that was real up until that moment when she falls down and they just laugh. Or a little bit before that when he, she's like, oh, he's so good, mom. Or whatever she says to her <laughs> before she falls. This movie, it makes me want to watch the other three because I do also watch trash things at times. He just, this character is so obvious that he's a pervert, but yet nobody can figure it out until like maybe they know him for like a month or whatever sure but it's obvious in the first scene yeah. or the first time they meet i should say not the first scene of the movie but <laughs> yeah and i like how the the boyfriend picks up on it right away kind of and then as soon as he finds out who he is and he goes oh sorry bro how you doing <laughs> but all the signs were there i've seen you staring outside here for the last two days what have you been doing yeah oh, man this movie it's it was really good. Like this was the first time in a while of a movie that we haven't liked and seen before that I didn't check the time and when I did I was like, Oh, I'm like over halfway done this movie? <laughs> Amazing. And is this a movie where you would want it to be fifteen minutes longer? I could review all four movies on this podcast at some point, <laughs> you know. If you are going to dive into these, the fourth one, he falls in love with a sleep treatment patient that has sexomnia. Nice. <laughs> nice. I don't know if that's a real thing, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> um, it sounds like a writer having like going, you got to keep writing these. I I've run out of stuff. Uh, she has sexomnia. I don't know. <laughs> He's a revelation in this movie. It's incredible. The reason why I picked this one over the first one, which I've also seen, I think the same day, <laughs> is the dream sequences. The fantasy sequences are just so bonkers. Yeah, what I love about this movie, and like, it's definitely not a good thing in terms of when you look at it as like a screenwriting perspective. It's like, who are you supposed to be rooting for in this movie? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Because the the wink at the camera kind of ruins any of you like, oh, yeah, I wasn't supposed to be on his side for the whole thing. It was like, it's his movie at that point. It was like, hey, you were with me on this ride and there's going to be another one. <laughs> well, that's I remember I, I was watching it with Jen last night and we're getting towards the end. And I was like, well, he has to escape. There's two more of these. <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm assuming he lives. Right. I, I loved, I absolutely loved the dream sequences. They were so good. <laughs> they were so good. I'm so glad you guys liked this movie because I was uh, I was swinging for the fences. It was either between this or My Teacher, My Obsession, which is also a pretty good one. It's not a Lifetime movie, though. It was a Netflix original, but basically a Lifetime movie. It's got a great third act, which is straight up horror, mm. which maybe another time, but I'm glad I picked this one. The cause... only thing I was disappointed about in this movie was the scene at the end i really wanted the boyfriend to catch the mom when when <laughs> he gets oh, just like he shows up out of nowhere yeah and just catches her <laughs> that would have been pretty good that was the only thing that disappointed me i'm like all right what's the most ridiculous way that this scene can end and i'm like oh she gets pushes off and the boyfriend shows up just at that moment and catches her the, before the thing, she hits the ground the thing that that was the funniest aspect of this movie was he eric roberts is getting close to this mother to get closer to the daughter right he wants to nail the daughter yep but he puts so much effort into getting with the mom and he hates it like you could see the look on <laughs> his face where he's just like oh i gotta yeah. be with this woman 
but he makes so much of an effort to be with her. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why are you putting forth so much effort when you know that you don't want to be with her? Like, that's such a long con for no reason. (laughs) He's curing her of all her ailments. Right. Yeah. Which he's. I love that montage. Yeah. (laughs) Never in my life have I wanted to do that to anyone where like, you know, man, I want to get with her best friend. So I'm really going to help the other person out. Right. I'm going to I'm going to take her under my wing. That's so weird. That's such a roundabout way to get with in, someone else in a not in a non-creepy way you have just described two-thirds of teen dramas that have been on the cw <laughs> but the person that they don't want to be with they end up falling in love with it's so great i just i love how he's so helpful and so creepy <laughs> yeah and everything he does he definitely sounds like he knows what he's talking about in every sure. aspect it just makes it that much better because he's such a bullshit artist, but he's so good at it. Yeah. Like, man, like I inspire to be that kind of a bullshit artist at times. <laughs> I, as one of my aspects, when he got caught, like near the end, it was on like the most ridiculous lie. Like when the brother asked where he lived. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he says, of all cities, he says a city nearby where they are. <laughs> right. Salt Lake City instead of going, oh, no, I was like. I was in a band in like no in like Richmond, Virginia, or something like where this brother could have never been to. Right, just stick with Atlanta. He said he was in Atlanta like at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Right, just pick Atlanta. Yeah, like why say Salt Lake where there's there's a possibility this guy could have been before, and then just says oh downtown. That moment screamed of a screenwriter finding out a fact about a city (laughs) and wanting to put it in his movie. Oh yeah, he probably lived in Salt Lake. Yeah. It's so specific to to Salt Lake City, too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the things that Eric Roberts comes up with, his character comes up with, are very passable. You know what I'm saying? Even when he gets caught in a lie, he has a good way to get out of it. Maybe it's just me, but if someone had told me, like, you know, oh, yeah, I I used to live in Salt Lake City. Oh, what was your address? You know, I honestly can't remember. I would be like, all right, I kind of believe that. Because I don't remember the address where I used to live for like 13 years. My first 13 years. I can't remember. So Roger isn't tipped off because he doesn't remember his address. Roger's tipped off because when he tells him his address, he's acting like he's speaking a different language. Oh, oh, because he says it's like a math math problem. Yeah. Right? Basically. So, so, but if he had never said that, it wouldn't have mattered? It it probably. Yeah. Right? Uh, Okay. So that makes a little bit more sense, but still, I think it's kind of like, all right, well, whatever. The guy's like 60. Maybe he just doesn't remember. Who knows? He is still a very good con artist. Yeah, he is. He just yeah. picked the wrong city. Yeah. Yep. That's... One fatal mistake. Yeah. yeah. He should have picked a city that he knew. That's yeah. his. That was his problem. Sure. Yeah, and that's why it screams that he, the writer, knew his gotcha moment was going to be that. And also another thing that screams that he researched something and went to put it in a movie was the thing about the orgasms and sex thing or whatever that <laughs> hormone was or whatever. Oh, the oxy, oxy, oxytocin. Yeah. Oxytocin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some fact that he found out. That would have been great. Like he's helping her with, like he's given a seminar and he's teaching her about this. Like, well, you know, we're not learning about this in school. Just we're, we're learning about like, I don't know, heart palpitations or something like that. You know, <laughs> just something totally different. Why are you teaching me about orgasms, by the way? I, we're not doing this. I thought you were a heart doctor. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. 
Right. Yeah, that's that's she needed help with like the cardiovascular system. Like, yeah, so let's talk about orgasm. <laughs> just right out of left field. It definitely the way that scene just jumps in, it is very jarring. The one thing I wanted to point out with Eric Roberts, do you think it's awkward at family reunions when Julia and Emma Roberts kind of get together and Eric Roberts is there? I was going to say when he's the third most famous person in his family. (laughs) Right. I mean, because, you know, Julia Roberts was like America's sweetheart for the longest time. And Emma Roberts is doing her thing. Still is. What do you talk about? I mean, I like Julia Roberts. I think she's a fine actress. (laughs) I I enjoy her movies. And Emma Roberts is doing her thing now. She's, I don't know how big she is at the moment, but, you know, she does TV and she's been in a few movies. She was in The Hunt recently. But then it's like, yeah, you know, I just did Stalked by My Doctor 7. It's kind of awkward, right? I don't know. It's these seems like movies that he likes being in. Sure, like but... it seems like he's having a good time. I think he enjoys playing this character. And may, well yeah, maybe should. it's it's not my best friend's wedding, but it's like you know what? I'm getting a paycheck. I'm having a good time. I'm shooting in Savannah or wherever this was shot. Actually, it was probably shot in L.A. for like a month or whatever, two months of my time. Yeah, that that looked like a very L.A. school that they were in that yeah because it was because it's been used a thousand times basically it's not the easy a school right because that's different i'm not sure because that one's been used in a bunch but i don't think it was this one yeah but stalked by my doctor the return written and directed by doug campbell who has done several lifetime thrillers including the first three stalked by my doctor films it stars eric roberts claire blackwelder hillary greer mark grossman christopher crabb leslie k and tiffany adams has an imdb score of 5.7 and a rotten tomatoes score audience only of 31 percent and as mentioned this premiered on lifetime september 5th 2016 and it's a wild by the way the actress that played amy because i was just making sure i didn't hear of her before I clicked there, and most of her only credits are Power Rangers. Yeah, the Dino Dino yeah. Bots or something like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, is this some actress that like I haven't heard from, or some singer trying to act or something? And I clicked <laughs> on it, and first thing was Power Rangers. I was like, oh, that that explains it a little more, maybe. It's it's funny. She's from Idaho, and for some reason, she looks like she's from Idaho. I can't pinpoint <laughs> why, but she looks just like. Like a, a bumpkin to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Damn, she screams, hot. she screams Boise, Idaho. <laughs> if anyone can, that is. Wow. Wow. All right. You ready to get into the plot? <laughs> so <this>? unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Claire. I apologize. Uh, Dan, what do you got for us this week? So, as I've been doing, I'd like to give a shout out to our good friend Tia from Geek Vibes Nation and her podcast, Top 10 with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her friends get together and discuss top 10 lists. So top 10 movies, top 10 directors, Marvel, DC, they run the gamut of top 10 lists. So go over to Geek Vibes Nation, check her out, and give her a follow on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. Uh, She's a great person, good friend of the podcast. Go give it a listen. Okay, and we're going to take a quick break. But before we get into the plot, we're going to take a moment to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. 
Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for stalked by my doctor colon the return from 2016 we open at a resort in alcapoco mexico as a woman sits down at a poolside lounge and eric roberts approaches her and introduces himself as victor she's rachel from new york he's from atlanta he buys her a drink and they talk rachel's friend apparently ditched her for a dude she met while down there and Rachel jokes and asks Victor what he's doing down in Mexico and asks if he's hiding from the FBI. He laughs and says yes. And then he says no, he's actually a pediatrician and then shows her stock pictures of his house and his boat. <laughs> and he tries the line where he's going to name his boat after her. Yeah, that would have worked on me, to be honest. I would have <laughs> fallen for that hook, line, and sinker. Well, you'd, yeah. be, you'd be a bumpkin just like Claire. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I love how the... Like, they didn't even try to make the photos look anything convincing. Like, they're obviously shot from, like, you said the boat looks like it's shot from someone else's boat on the water. Yeah. They aren't pictures of him by the boat, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Shutterstock or whatever. Yeah. He tries to use that. He tries to tell her that he'll name her his boat after her. And then she laughs in his face and calling his lines a bunch of shit. And then she says that she made a million dollars last year after taxes. And she shames him and embarrasses him until he leaves. That house you showed me looks like a shack compared to my house. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're just kind of being a jerk. I mean, she's being a jerk, but also he's got a a routine and it's obvious. It's it's gross all around. Yeah, but... on both sides, for sure. Yeah, you don't once you start throwing money into the conversation, it's like, eh, well, you could have just said no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't exactly feel bad. Like I don't I don't feel like I'm on her side, but I also don't feel like I'm on his side either. Right. I don't think either of them handled that situation well. <laughs> There's a reason her friend ran away with the first guy she met in Mexico. Right. That's true. Yeah, she's she's probably the fun one. Yeah. <laughs> she won't stop talking about how much money she made. God, it's annoying. We get it. You're super wealthy. Sometime later. Victor hangs out on the beach drinking some margaritas, and for some reason, armed police stroll the beach. But then magically, those police disappear when a girl is brought back to the beach unconscious after being pulled out on the riptide or an undertow. So begrudgingly, when no one else will step in, Victor springs into action when the guy that pulls her out of the water starts fucking up the rescue attempt. <laughs> he does the move from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Out with the bad, in with the good. Out with the bad, in with the good. <laughs> so he manages to successfully give her CPR and then tells her mom to bring her to the emergency room ASAP. And then he's got starry eyes for this girl when she comes to. So he goes to the hospital and Amy, the girl, gets wheeled out by her mom and they thank him 
then he starts up with this whole routine about his house and his boat again, and Amy falls for it hook, line, and sinker. Amy offers to take him out to dinner to show gratitude, but his mom does her mom doesn't feel comfortable, so he says she should rest, but wants to get a group photo. The first time they meet, he just puts his arm around her without any hesitation yeah. to show her the photos. No hover hand. Well, no don't you think hand. it's also, like, the mom's right there. Why are you yeah. hitting on her, saying, I'm going to name my boat Amy? I'm like, okay, uh, we're going to have to go now? This is this jumped from 1 to 10 in the creep factor, like, yes. real quick. I believe this is the engaged physically uh, aspect of the yeah, dentist yeah. system. The, the dentist system. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish that that would have happened in this movie. Because like, going into it, I thought like, oh, you know, like, he's definitely going to seduce this young girl, right? It just And that never plays out in this, which was kind of disappointing, to me at least. Not, I mean, <laughs> not, not for, I know that sounds weird. Like, I, I like when old men hit on young women. I, I'm not saying that. It just seemed that way. Right, stalked by my doctor, and then he's because she, like you said, she falls for it immediately. Right? Yeah. I was like, oh man, like she's his for sure. Like, and now the mom's gonna have to fight off, but it it doesn't go that route. It's it's interesting. Yeah, sure. I I get what you're saying because she kind of her red flags start to go up pretty early. Exactly. Yeah. So then Victor has a Skype call with his therapist and tells her the whole story of how he saved the girl from drowning and how he's basically in love with her now. He then explicitly talks about talks to her about how he's going to fly out to San Diego so that he can try and date the mother in order to get too close to the daughter. The therapist gets super uncomfortable and tries to get him a prescription for antidepressants, and he refuses and tells her that her services are no longer needed. Then we get to see Victor have a meltdown, but with no audio, so we are robbed from witnessing a truly wonderful batshit performance. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> what do you think he was saying? I don't know. I... <laughs> I deserve thing, love. I'm a good man. The last thing we get to hear him say is what? No one believes me or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he, it's the rantings of a madman. It's awesome. Yes. How do you they not let, let us hear that? They just let him go. I was, wonder if it was just like really him going crazy and like, oh, we got to film this quick, quick, quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, just feel out the room, Eric. Show us what you got. <laughs> oh, he does, man. He chews the scenery. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to need a couple more scotches first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, this is kind of what I mean, where you go up against when you have such a lineage in the Roberts family, you have this compared to what Julia Roberts does, Aaron Brockovich and all that. And it's just like, well, I can see why he's doing this and she's doing she she had all the talent is what I'm saying. I think yeah. she got all the talent in the family. Sure. We then cut to the San Diego airport customs. And Victor has a mild panic attack as he remembers scenes from the first movie has visions of getting arrested by TSA for attempted murder. But in reality, he gets through TSA without incident. Honestly, he he could have <laughs> told them who he was, and Homeland Security probably couldn't have done shit. Welcome back. You, you kidnapped you someone and murdered You guys someone? are the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they're uh, useless. So he would have been fine. <laughs> so then Victor shows up to Amy's high school, sees Amy walk out with her friends, and is about to go approach her when her boyfriend shows up. And then the boyfriend sees him and pulls him out of the car because apparently Victor has been there for a few days that week, just sitting in his car like a super creep. <laughs> so the boyfriend punches him right in the stomach. <laughs> I, I like when he gets beat up a couple times in this movie. And he always has like this, just like, wait, 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 don't hit me. <laughs> he sounds so pathetic. You know what? This is so like all our action stars afraid to take a punch. Eric Roberts willing to take a punch on screen. 
Yeah, it's pretty good. Said, yeah, no. He he always does like the old rope and dope. Like, wait, look over there. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like he does, he gets his ass kicked twice in this movie. A person like Steven Seagal's never gotten hit once in any of his movies. <laughs> did you did know? you see to go not to go off on a tangent, but someone on Twitter posted an <laughs> yes. ending fight scene from Seagal's recent movie, I guess. Yeah. And it's really just like puppet slap fighting. <laughs> yep. instead of like an actual choreography like choreographed <laughs> fight scene yeah it's just like them kind of looking at each other and then they slap a little bit and then yeah, yeah i don't think seagal gets hit in the yep. entire se- sequence he's never gotten hit it's impressive no. <laughs> that so level then, of douchebaggery <laughs> so the boyfriend punches him in the stomach and amy stops him from just about kicking the shit out of him and Victor makes some up some excuse that he just wanted to check up on her, and he gives her a personalized life jacket. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Just so many red flags in a row. Yeah. yeah. Amy explains to her boyfriend that uh, this is the doctor that saved her life, and then he apologizes, and the three of them go to lunch. So he asks Amy about how her mom is doing, and Amy talks about the fact that her mom is depressed and anxious, and we see a cut to the mom manifesting those anxieties into not being able to handle the glass bowl without dropping it and shattering it all over the floor. And she's afraid of ladders, too, and claustrophobia, fear of heights, bridges. Then Amy asks Victor to talk to her mom as a doctor, and his boyfriend says she just needs a boyfriend. And he gives her his card and insinuates that he only tracked her down so he could date her mom. So Amy goes home and tells her mom she ran into Dr. Slauson, just Victor. She gives her mom his business card, which is a business card that Patrick Bateman would snicker at because it's <laughs> like a, a thin, eight, like something cut out of an 8 by 11 piece of paper. <laughs> his forgery skills are not very good in this movie. <laughs> not at all. Can't even get the lab core type uh, typeface right. correct. I think he just banks on people being idiots, really. <laughs> I mean, he gets far with in, with that insinuate with that assumption. Very far, very far. But yeah, it's just like such a stock. Everything he has is very stock, right? It's just like, oh, yep, this is a. It has the doctor symbol on it, essentially. Yeah, that looks legit. I guess he's a doctor. Yep. It's kind of like those people that walk into grocery stores without masks these days, and they hand over those right those HIPAA cards. Oh, I could go, and I was like, that's not what that is. <laughs> yeah the, the new ones are religious freedom yeah is why. yeah the, the one thing that cracks me up in this movie and it just it really goes to show how far he's willing to go at one point in the movie because he's pretending to be a doctor i mean i guess he was a doctor in the first one correct yes so he's still you know he's carrying on this ruse he just goes to a random hospital and just in a gown in a doctor's coat i guess and no one yep. questions it. No, no one questions him throughout this movie. It's great. He just hangs he just out goes in the where lobby until, until Amy shows up. Right. I mean, yeah. again, the long con, man. This guy <laughs> has the patience of a saint. I don't know what he does, but he's just he's on the ball. He can't be crazy if he's this calculating. Right. I mean, I guess <laughs> it's like borderline, right? Like genius crazy kind of thing. Yeah. He, he definitely covers his tracks pretty well. So Amy gives her mom the business card and tells her to call him because he kind of wants to date her. But Amy's mom is not super into dating Victor at the moment. But they, she, you know, relents and she goes on to a date with Victor. They go on a date and Linda questions his motives, saying that he doesn't know her at all. And the, well, the only time she he ever met her, she was in hysterics and all that kind of stuff. And then meanwhile, Victor's only thinking about Amy and occasionally thinking about slashing Linda's throat. That seemed to be like the worst uh, way to pick her up is like, 
I don't know you. I want to meet the girl that I saw on the beach when she was screaming for her daughter's life. That's the woman I want to see right now. <laughs> but it, yeah. but again, it, he's thinking on his feet, right? It's pretty clever, right? Because she, she's kind of got him on the ropes there. Like, you've met, you only knew me for a half hour. And when I did, I was going crazy. So, like, obviously, I'm not at my most attractive. But, like, bam, he's on it, man. He, he knew how to play that fiddle. Yeah. yeah, well, I like the fire that I saw there, and the woman who was who was willing to do anything for her daughter, and I was like, oh shit, man, Eric Roberts, he's pulling it out, man, yeah. <laughs> pulling out all the punches. Uh, yeah, eventually Linda gets up to go to le- go to leave, but a Victor gives her some line about how he thought she was beautiful by how she handled herself when Amy almost drowned, so she starts thinking differently about victor at this moment so linda and victor go on a walk and he asks about her anxieties she tells him that they all started when her husband <laughs> fell off a ladder and died <laughs> and to me there's still nothing funnier than cutting to someone face down on the floor <laughs> i i think i i was watching this and i i said to jenna like, he's not really gonna die from falling off the ladder is he <laughs> from, from a painting accident <laughs> what a terrible lame way to go out if guys, if I die from falling off a ladder for like painting something, please make something else up. I don't care Wait. what it is. Just make something up. Just like, I don't know. Like I was attacked by a group of rabid dogs or something. Like, oh yeah. I, I don't want to be known as the guy who was taken out by a painting accident. Oh, I'm going to make sure it's at least two paragraphs in your obituary. <laughs> from falling from uh, the, the ladder. Yeah. You know, Dan had been around ladders most his life. I guess he just got a little too cocky and <laughs> and he, I, he didn't set it correctly and down he went. Yeah, I feel like it's a really preventable death. Oh, yeah. Like, even if you're fall, like, there's so, like, a ladder falls at such a rate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't that far off the ground. Yeah. He was it's, maybe a few feet up. It's like, l- learn to use your hands, man. Break, <laughs> break your fall. Break your arms, you know. But, like... Just accepting your fate of I'm going to crack my head open on this cement. This is it. <laughs> I think it was more the height of the ladder that bothered me more than actual dying from it. It's yeah, like he's not far up. 12 feet off the ground. Yeah. If that. Like, all heights in this movie. So like yep. at the end of the movie, Linda gets stuck on, on, the, on the ledge, right? Not yeah. nearly far enough. Like once she can like so if she falls forward and like loses her balance and she falls she can hit her head and all that but when she catch she catches miraculously she catches herself and she's dangling off the balcony she has cleared any chance of her dying <laughs> right like, yeah. unless she decides to push off <laughs> land on her back or and her head all she has to do is drop down maybe she'll break her an ankle or something right. like that. I was going to say, she runs the risk of breaking her ankle at that point. Like Eric Roberts does in The Dark Knight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. But, I totally yeah. forgot he was in that movie. <laughs> this, this death seems... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
preventable. Even yeah. if the fall wasn't preventable, you could just like bail out of a ladder. <laughs> right. Listen, Clark Clark Griswold falls <laughs> off of a ladder onto a tree into the bush and he lives. You're going to tell me that and he was much further up by the way. Or at least at the same height. Yeah. Right. So you're going to tell me that this loser couldn't figure out how to bail? That's what this guy was. He was a total loser. He deserved <laughs> to die. And the world is better off for having him gone. It's true. <laughs> if that's how you're going to go, that, that you should have died years ago. <laughs> how you made it so this far in life is beyond me. So Victor and Linda go back to Linda's house, and Victor gives her some herbal remedy to help her sleep. He also takes a look into her fridge and makes note of some drinks in there, specifically some iced tea. Then he wants to try some experiments, which is so weird. So he tries to slowly get her used to heights by making her stand on a book and then on a step stool. Then he wants her to up it to stand on a bar stool, but she freaks out, and he's like, all right, I'm not going to push it. And then she invites him to a beach weekend with her, Amy, and Amy's boyfriend, Garth. So they go to the beach, and Victor just can't help staring at Amy and making it super obvious that he's into her. And I just wanted to point out, because I put it in my notes, I wanted to point out Victor's wardrobe choices for beach attire. First, they play <laughs> soccer, and he's in a polo and khakis. Yep. And, then they, and then they sit down to have a picnic, and he's in a button-down and a sport coat. But meanwhile, everybody else are in the same clothes in both scenes, so I don't know what's going on here. He's got, he's got to change the clothes nobody else does. That's what I'm saying. And... Yeah, that's uh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I, I was, I guess, I was too infatuated with just what else was going on. I, I don't know. Well, he's uh, he, he's always got to have a go bag ready, so he always has extra clothes. <laughs> that's that's true. true. Yeah, and you never uh, know. The, the feds might be onto him. <laughs> so while he's having a picnic with Linda, he's staring past her to watching Amy undo her top slightly so Garth can massage her and being a real creepy uncle about it. He and doesn't even try to hide it, really. No, yeah, he's he's super obvious. And he has a one-on-one -on -one with Garth. He asks what Garth's plans are with Amy, and Garth jokes that he's just going to bang her until he's sick of her, but then confides in Victor, a man he's met once before and has already punched in the stomach once. <laughs> They're planning to get married after graduation. I'd be a little worried if I was Amy marrying Garth. He seemed a little too comfortable doing that stomach punch. <laughs> yes, a man. You know, because he knows how to hide it from the cops. There you go. <laughs> Is he a football player? Soccer. 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 Okay, never mind. I believe he's a goalie, which makes it even more funny. Because I think there's a scene later on where he has the goalie gloves on when he's talking to those other two girls. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, they're getting ready for the game, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he's being full goalie attire. <laughs> I'm assuming the writer was a goalie. I think you're school. assuming too much there. <laughs> That's a, that's a weird thing to assume. What, like, goalies are cool in soccer. <laughs> I'm going to prove it in this movie. <laughs> they get the awesome gloves. They're the only ones who can use their hands. I'm <laughs> telling you, it's cool. So Linda and Amy walk on the beach and have a talk. Amy says that she's going to ask Victor to help her with her physiology homework. Amy says that her mother is a burden on her, and they both get upset. <laughs> <laughs> and then back to Victor and Garth. Victor overplays his hand a bit, suggesting that if he were Garth, he'd be trying to have sex with as many girls as possible. So Garth accuses Victor of checking out Amy, and Victor says, that's crazy because she could be hit my daughter, which Garth then corrects to granddaughter, which is true. Victor kind of, he, he bitches out there, right? He's like, yeah, man, like if I would have had my run of the, you know, the goodies or whatever. Yeah. He's like, well, you tell me to cheat on her? He's like, no, no, of course not. Man, you're, you're twice as old as this guy. Just... <laughs> Like, assert yourself a little, man. 
He's a a lot bigger than Eric Roberts, though. (laughs) Yeah, but I think my natural, I guess my natural way of thinking is like whenever I was younger and an adult was talking, even if I didn't agree, I'd just like, oh, yeah, man, sure, you know, sounds good. Just to kind of like, okay, we're done here. But Mm -hmm. I I would have never really been confrontational with them. So if if a guy was like, yeah, you know, I would have done this, this, and this, like, oh, cool, you know, Good for you, and yep. that would have been the end of it. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have just been like, what "The fuck are you trying to tell me, man? You want me to just cheat on my girl?" <laughs> Garth's a very confident seventeen-year-old. He yeah. is. <laughs> I guess kudos to him. Yeah. After this, Victor has an emotional high-speed car ride back to his unfurnished house, and then mixes some iced tea with some laxatives and other things. Victor then sneaks into Linda's house in the middle of the night and replaces some of the iced tea in the fridge with the iced tea mixed with laxatives. And Linda wakes up and heads to the kitchen, almost catching Victor, who manages to sneak into the living room before she comes into the kitchen. Linda makes some of the sleeping aid Victor gave her and heads to bed. But as she is, Amy and Linda almost run into each other on the stairs, so they both head back to the kitchen. Amy grabs some of the poisoned iced tea out of the fridge and drinks it, while she complains that her mother keeps the house too cold. So Amy goes to grab her sweatshirt from the living room, almost catching Victor, and then they both go off to bed. The next morning, Amy wakes up feverish and nauseous, throwing up into a wastebasket. Meanwhile, Victor is sitting down to breakfast when his phone rings. It's Linda. She tells him that Amy is sick and asks him to come over immediately. He says he's hopping into the car right now, but really he's sitting. He's still going to eat his pancakes first, which <laughs> his pancakes spell out Amy in I, one of the, the best moments of the movie. I almost legitimately did a spit take when they cut and the pancakes said Amy. I was like taking a drink at the time <laughs> that popped up because I was not expecting that at all. Gloriously crazy. Oh uh, man. Did and, he mean for her to drink it? It for doesn't Amy seem to drink? like it. Right. No. Who, who was it meant for? The mother? I guess so. Yeah. That's so I mean, I guess his plan works regardless, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it depends on well, you were talking about him working on the fly, so maybe the whole blood test thing which you're getting to was him changing his plan. Yeah. Or it might have been the plan all along. Yeah, that's what he, I'm saying. It seems like that was the plan all along. Well, when he when she he sees her take the drink, she, he looks upset. Right. So I'm I'm not sure, but yeah. that's why, also, that's why I read out of his facial expression. And also, they are the most unaware people of their own home. Like mm-hmm. there there's <laughs> there's no way he should be able to hide behind the chair when she comes in the living room there. Um, and also. Who doesn't realize that there wasn't a giant bag from a medical supply place or whatever sitting on the middle of your, your kitchen, kitchen area? Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably something that should have been noticed. Well, she does notice it, but she doesn't think anything of it. Yeah, like, and, and I think she's, oh, maybe he left it behind. Yeah. Now, shouldn't the laxative have been for the boyfriend? <laughs> don't, don't, right? I mean, in, in terms of movie rules... Usually, the the guy just pretty much insulted you, right? So you would think that this is his way of getting back at him? That's what I would have done. Or, because of how much he's a long con guy, he gets her sick, he get, does the blood test, tells her she has herpes, and then that's how he gets back at the boyfriend. Look, this is all nurture dependence. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, this is essentially, end. I could never fake being a doctor, is what I'm saying. I would have Look. just rushed it and gotten caught way earlier. It's classic dentist system stuff, man. Demonstrate value. He saves her, right? Shows her, shows off his house in Mexico and his boat, right? Right. Engages physically, puts her arm, his arm around her, 
Now he's nurturing dependence. He never gets to the the final one. He doesn't neglect emotionally. Well, the uh, mother, I guess he does. No, he doesn't. No, no, he never he does. Her. He's a caring guy for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, because he can never get to the final part. Right. He can yeah. never separate entirely. Right. Love, it, so love his for him to uh to use the voice box like Dennis does. You're yeah. gonna die, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing: is Dennis is not falling in love with these people. That's no. true. Right. So this, so Victor is falling in love with her as what he thinks is love. So that's why he wouldn't want to finish off the Dennis system. But he's got a pretty good den system working, right? Yeah. 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 Cut it in half, right? Yeah. It's the second half of the Dennis system that makes it work for Dennis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's definitely more in character with him. Yeah. This is just the den, like you said, yeah. right? Yeah. The <laughs> first half is creepy stalker behavior. And then everything after that is just sociopathic, lack of emotional stability right. thing. And that's completely Dennis's character. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Sure. Where does Victor get the house from? Does he just find a random empty house? Sounds like a, it looks like a model home, to be honest. But how does he get in there? I don't I mean, he is a doctor. He might actually have money. Maybe he's renting it. I, they never say where he gets enough money, right? They how don't. does he... How does he get to Acapulco? How does he get home? How does he get anything? How right. does he how does he fund a wedding? I don't know. We need we need to know these yeah. things. I'm assuming I he's to. independently wealthy because he was a doctor for many years before he decided to start stalking his patients. I this is why we need to watch the first one. Yeah. I don't even know if we're gonna get all these answers, but maybe we'll have to watch this the first one one day. I think so. There's a lot of unanswered questions here. <laughs> so eventually, after we get some beauty shots of his Amy pancakes, he eventually goes to examine Amy and he examines her and says it was probably food poisoning and says he still wants to run some blood tests as a precaution. He makes, makes some weird mention of it being weird that someone would drink iced tea at 3 a.m. So then Amy asks him how he knows that she was up at 3 a.m., but more hypothetical than ac accusatorial. And then she makes some enormous assumptions that everyone wakes up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. and says that's the reason she wants to become a doctor. So in a word, she's an idiot. Yeah. 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 This is the first slip up. And because she's an idiot, it completely goes under. Oh, she gives him the out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. The luckiest stalker ever. <laughs> Like I was, she's like, why does it? Why is it always three a.m.? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? How, <laughs> right. how do you Imagine know? If you said that like that. There's literally no evidence of everyone was in his house at three a.m. That's how I knew. You idiot. <laughs> right. He just gets so far. Like, how could you be so dumb? <laughs> no one. That's not a thing. That's not a phenomena. People don't just wake up at three a.m. People wake up at all times of the night. You moron. Six. One fifteen. One thirty. Yeah. <laughs> God. Read the clues. The bag was there. <laughs> I poisoned the iced tea, for God's sakes. Right. You don't think that's not weird? Put two and two together, goddammit. Who gets that's... food poisoning from iced tea? <laughs> <laughs> right. No wonder Nobody. we're from Boise, Idaho. Nobody. It's just leaves. Leaves and water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you, you really gotta, and she wants to be a doctor. That's oh, not yeah, good. No. She's gonna be a terrible doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, back at his place... Victor prints out some lab results. Spoiler. So for some reason at this point, the the movie is trying to like lead us on a little bit at this point. So he pours out the blood sample and just fakes the test results. So we don't really find that out, but that's basically what happens. For some reason, we're we're on 
we're on the journey every step of the way with Victor. We see him poison iced tea, but now all of a sudden when it comes to these results, it gets a little like kind of cheeky in terms of trying to hide some information and then revealing it later. Like I said, he printed out the fake test results and Amy shows up where Victor has claimed to work and he's there in the lobby and manages to run into her, quote unquote, so she doesn't have to ask the receptionist for her. So he tells her that her blood came, blood test came back normal, except, oh, by the way, you have herpes. <laughs> Which, That's so good. can that be told in a blood test? Like, I, I would imagine, I right? Yeah. Like, not even like, he's like, oh, like, what I mean is like asymptomatic general herpes. Like, he's like, you won't notice it, but it's there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think, because herpes, you can't get rid of herpes. No, it just, they're for It lives in your blood forever. So... I mean, but I would think that you, unless you're looking for it, you wouldn't find it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't I, even I question, no like, why'd you run an STD test on me? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I Surprise, surprise, people. We are not doctors on this podcast. The real question is, why doesn't anyone ask who this gentleman is? <laughs> right? It's busy enough standing there. Uh, it does, it's still, there's still security there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe security's on a break. And, and she... She asks where his office is, and he says that, oh, they didn't put up my name on the door yet. Like, <laughs> but you've been here for so long. <laughs> Again, this girl, I, I understand she's young, but you gotta, you gotta ask these questions, man. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> figure this stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> so she says that's impossible because her and Garth have only ever had sex with each other. So then he insinuates that Garth is lying to her. So Amy goes to school and finds Garth talking to a couple of cheerleaders and they leave and she accuses him of sleeping with them. And then she tells him that he gave her herpes. They both have a fight, both accusing each other of cheating and she storms off. Then we have a montage of Victor trying to help Linda overcome her fears. She stands on a bar stool shot entirely in a weird wide angle lens and she drives <laughs> over a bridge, but, but not before parking in the middle of the lane. Yep. <laughs> bad, bad spot. <laughs> And then she climbs up a ladder, possibly the same ladder that murdered her husband. <laughs> I think it is. It's a, it's a light blue ladder, right? Yeah. yeah. Jen pointed out, why would, why would they still have the ladder? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, that's a good question. This is, <laughs> this is the ladder that murdered my husband. I'm just going to keep it. <laughs> right. And it's just kind of like in the, in, the, in the backyard or something like that, or they keep it in the garage, and she has to pass by it every day. <laughs> like this is my misery i need to be reminded <laughs> it's her penance for something bad she did <laughs> right. oh that can we just go back to like how terrible of a death is that <laughs> right that's got to be top five worst ways to die yeah. the most embarrassing at least <laughs> just never never took his hands off the ladder <laughs> just, yeah, just go all the way down help <laughs> <laughs> that, that that is when you do not reveal when you're Right, when you go to heaven. When you go to the afterlife, you know. Yeah, yeah again, listen, if, if that happens to me, like, if Jen tells you, like, yeah, Dan died, uh, he was, uh, you know, he was painting the, the the side of the house for me, and he fell five feet and cracked his head open and died. <laughs> I want, I just, make anything else up. I do not care, man. Just like, oh, you know, he was, he went to a strip club and, like, he he got hit in the head with some, you know, with whatever. Just make something up. I don't care. I just don't want to be known as the guy who, who died falling five feet after painting that side of a house. 
Well, at the very least, we'll get rid of the ladder for you. <laughs> yeah, please don't keep the ladder around. <laughs> My mortal enemy. The <laughs> sort of cucked her husband, right? Oh, yeah. That's the ultimate cuck, killing him. <laughs> killing him, yeah. <laughs> and this is staying in the house. What if they should have made the movie about a sentient ladder? Yeah. <laughs> Murder, the ultimate cuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not talked about enough. <laughs> so Garth calls Amy and he apologizes. He throws a whole bunch of lines at her and then she says that she has to go because Victor is giving her a physiology lecture. So the lecture happens, and Victor's lecture is specifically about oxytocin, which he calls the cuddle hormone. It's released during orgasm and deepens the feeling of connection between couples. And then he asks Amy if she ever experienced this phenomenon. Amy gets creeped out and says she has to go to bed now. Bye. (laughs) And then the next morning, Amy goes to Linda and tells her that Victor made her feel uncomfortable last night, saying that he was prying into her sex life. And looking at her weird. So Linda shames Amy for making her feel bad, completely dismissing her concerns and suggesting maybe she made the whole thing up. It just sounds like every other victim of sexual harassment. Right. Yeah. And it's usually not from your mother, though. Right. Yeah. Usually they're on your side. You would hope. That's if one a dad's going to be on your side. It's going to be your mom. Right. Usually that's the dad thing. Like, are you sure he, you weren't just like looking too much into it? Yeah. Or like, yeah. Maybe you just misheard him or whatever. But again, Eric Roberts does nothing to try to hide him being creepy there. Nope. The way he says it to her, he's like staring daggers at her. Yeah. Like, have you ever felt that way, Amy? <laughs> like, okay. He should. She should have fucked with him. Like, oh, I feel it every day with Garth, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Amy has this conversation with Linda, and then she storms off, saying that she will not live in the same house as Victor if her mom has plans on him moving in. So Linda confronts Victor about what happened during the lecture, and Victor simply says that Amy has construed what happened and that Amy might be trying to keep her mother from moving on in an effort to keep the memory of her father alive. Um, so Linda buys it. Victor goes to Linda's house and swipes the hide a key, then comes across Amy crying in the living room. Kids are writing shitty things on her social media, including bitch got herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Very poignant. Straight, you know, straight to the point. Yeah. Victor consoles her in the only way a creepy older man would. He also apologizes to her for the miscommunication during the lecture. And she apologizes and hugs him, then kisses him, and then they make out. That really happened. Yep. They actually filmed that. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's what I was thinking during the, the scene. Yeah. Like, this, might, this might be a, a fantasy sequence in this movie, but this was actually filmed. <laughs> yeah. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> Even for a dream sequence, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> Why did they agree to this? So, meanwhile, Linda is upstairs moisturizing when she hears moans of pleasure coming from downstairs. So she goes to investigate and gets to the balcony and sees Amy half-naked making out with Victor. So she faints and falls over the balcony while (laughs) Victor and Amy continue to make out over her dead body. It it might be the best scene in the movie. It's It's easily the best scene. She gets, like, she gets all dizzy. <laughs> oh, and just falls over. I, I, and then I they chuckle point. and then go back to making out. <laughs> oh, so mom. I mean, that's when I realized it was, oh, this is fake. Okay, yep. got it. Surprise. At that point, right. It was At all that dream. point, I thought it was for real. Cause, and they they did a really good job of making it seem as if it actually happened. Yeah. But holy shit, man, that's a great scene. That's a, <laughs> one of the best scenes I've ever witnessed. <laughs> So he wakes up and then gives Linda a call saying he wanted to talk to her about something. So the next morning, Linda talks to Amy about the fact that Victor asked her to marry him and she's going to say yes. 
So Amy gets pissed, says that she should just date him for a while and see how's it, how it goes, which is a very valid point. Yep. And then Linda tells Amy that her dad is not coming back and she needs to move on. So Amy gets pissed and leaves again. So Amy goes to school and calls her Uncle Roger, who is basically a deadbeat, never was musician that parks his motorcycle in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird character sure, this guy are we sure is. He, are we sure he wasn't in Florida? Uh, he's in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I see how you, you mean that. Amy tells Roger that she needs his help with trying to talk some sense into her mother regarding this new guy, Victor. Roger eventually agrees and hops on a train to San Diego. Uh, Linda thinks that Roger's there to borrow money. And Roger starts prying into Linda's relationship with Victor. And then Victor shows up. And while they're having this conversation in the back porch, he's in the house. And he kind of eavesdrops over this whole conversation. So he learns Roger's name and does some internet sleuthing on his phone, figure out, figuring out that Roger is a musician. So Linda starts taking offense that Roger thinks he could give, be giving advice when he used to sell drugs in L.A. So then Victor then rings the doorbell, pretending he had just arrived, not heard any of the conversation, and Linda introduces him to Roger. Victor says oh, he heard so much about him, and he's downloaded one of Roger's songs, and then immediately Roger falls in love with him. So Victor says that he used to play bass, and they bro out over some brewskis. Meanwhile, Garth has a blood test and reacts like he just had open-heart surgery. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, ah... Oh. And then he like has to touch like where they took through blood. Like, man, it's fucking blood. Just chill the fuck out. So, honestly, that's probably how I would react. <laughs> I've, I've given blood. I've given blood once and had to have blood taken once, and both times I almost fainted. So, <laughs> I, I'm team Garth on this. The the worst part about drawing having blood drawn is having to take off the tape afterwards. I. Not to get too into detail, but the the people who would were putting the uh, the needle in couldn't find my vein, so they were really <laughs> digging around in there. And yeah, the the first the first time I gave blood, I did it in high school. And I was like, oh, you know, it's a blood donor uh, blood donor day or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be a nice guy. I'm gonna give blood and you know help someone else out. And it totally came back and bit me in the ass. So that's why <laughs> don't help anyone, people. All right, it yeah. it only hurts you. Unless it's a ploy like Victor would do to try and get on someone's good side, right? Right. Yeah, only do it to be manipulative. Yeah. That's the only time you should help people. So then Amy goes to Roger, who's unpacking, and is all like, what the fuck? Why are you broing out with this guy? And he's like, maybe you misread the situation. He doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. He did save you from drowning after all. But he's a so bassist, so that really should have been a... A red flag. Like, no one trusts the bassist. <laughs> so Roger sees Victor out and they bro out some more about playing music. And then Roger asks Victor where he played music. And he says Salt Lake City. Turns out Roger lived in Salt Lake City for five years. That's where I learned to be an alcoholic, he says, which is also the hardest city in the U.S. to be an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dry state, right? Or it's dry like, city. Uh, the state has like beer can only be like less than 4% alcohol. They're very so, weak beers. I'm surprised you didn't take up like skiing or something. I mean, <laughs> there's so many things to do there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Roger tells Victor his old SL street address and Victor acts confused. This is because Salt Lake City has a very specific address convention. All addresses in Salt Lake City are based on the distance from the southeast corner of Temple Square, the Mormon Temple. So if you go one block north, it's 100 north, and likewise for the other directions. So he mentions like 400 and 300, 400 north, 300 east, or something like that. 
And he says that anyone that lived in Salt Lake City for any amount of time would know this. So Roger tells this to Linda, and she dismisses him, but his suspicions are pe- So Roger heads to the hospital that Victor says he works at and goes to reception and tries to do some digging. He asks the most helpful receptionist in history, and she does a quick search and doesn't see Dr. S- Dr. Sawson in her database. But she says she can also check the AMA database to see if there's any record there. So at school, Amy and Garth literally run into each other and have a silent moment together as Garth picks her books up for her and then she walks away. So Roger gets awoken up from an afternoon nap, I guess, by the receptionist calling him back. Well, he's and... a deadbeat, so. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just going to, eh, what is it, 11 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, time for a nap. Uh, I got to get up now? Jeez. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, he wakes up as the phone's ringing. He wakes up like he was passed out for three days. <laughs> like, it's a huge inconvenience. <laughs> Goddamn phone. Yeah. Meanwhile, Linda and Victor have a meal at a restaurant, and Linda discusses the guest list of the wedding while Victor can't stop thinking about Amy's legs. Victor brushes her off about his side his side of the wedding guest list, saying he doesn't really have any friends, and then she excuses herself to the bathroom. When she's in the bathroom, Roger calls her and leaves her a message as she left her phone on the table. Victor picks it up and listens to the message, which Roger tells. Uh, the message, he's basically saying what he found out about the hospital, that there is no Victor Slauson in the AMA database. So Victor texts back, telling him, as Linda, that he'll meet him back at the house in half an hour and then deletes all her messages from between her and Roger. So Linda comes back and Victor says that he has to leave. So I suppose sticking Linda with the bill at the restaurant. Yep. So Roger is there at home sitting, eating cereal and watching old movies in the middle of the day. Yeah, what a movies. weird movie they put on, by the way. The they movies. shot an old movie for this movie. Yep. Yeah. Makes, that's going above and beyond. It, it is. It's really unnecessary. But it's appreciated. Definitely second unit sort of stuff. You yeah. know, director wasn't there that day. The movie is about some sort of disgraced doctor, which is a bit on the nose. So Victor sneaks into the house and has a syringe of some sort of drug that he plans to stab Roger with. And when he gets to the living room, he goes to stab Roger. But lo- Roger isn't in the lounge chair. But then Roger comes up behind him from the kitchen and then Roger proceeds to beat the shit out of Victor. It's such a good. This is a good scene, too. <laughs> It's so stupid. <laughs> he get, he gets his ass kicked, man. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and he he tries to do the uh, he really <laughs> he pulls like the wait look over there kind of thing. He tries then, he he, try, he does the wrestling heel move. Yes. <laughs> like no oh, no 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 please 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 hits him. <laughs> Eric Roberts has very much Ric Flair energy when it comes to yes, getting yes. into a fight. That's perfect. <laughs> He, right, he he should have done like the hold the hands up. No, 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 no more, no more. And then poked him in the eyes, <laughs> gave him the, the eye poke. That would have been so good. So Roger jumps on top of Victor trying to choke him out. And as this is happening, Victor starts to imagine that the woman in the movie is Amy. And she starts giving him the Hulk Hogan kind of uh, you gotta uh, psyching him up. Psyching him up, basically. Fight back, Doc. Fight yeah. back. So he works up the energy to grab the syringe and stabs Roger in the neck. And Roger passes out. And then actress Amy looks at Victor from the TV and tells him to kill her mother, which he then says, yes, I will. So then Victor then drags Roger back to the house and dissolves him in an acid in a tub, a la Breaking Bad. And then the wedding happens. Well, it's never brought up again. The wedding happens, Linda and Amy talk, and they make up, and they make mention that no one has seen Roger in a week, supposedly, but they think he just went back to L.A. Oh, so Linda, I, I do remember that, but I feel like they should have 
found the body or something right I mean, a little closure i there's no there's no body <laughs> yeah that's true yeah i just thought it would have made more sense if they find some evidence that he was murdered right i mean that's uh, either neither here nor there but it just i would have liked it yeah so linda mentions that they're honeymooning in a rented house 45 minutes away and gives the information to amy and then victor excuses himself to go upstairs and to call his doctor on skype who is, let's say, suspicious. She says that she found out who he really is. He's Dr. Albert Beck, who fell in love with a teenage girl, kidnapped her, faked her death, and then fled to Mexico, which are the events of the first film. Beck says that he didn't hurt that girl, and she actually betrayed him. And then an FBI agent pops up on the other end and says they can trace the transmission from the computer. Why doesn't he just turn himself in? And then Amy walks in on his conversation, and it actually turns out that he's talking to himself the whole time. The computer was off. And then he makes up some excuses like, well, when you lived, as long, lived alone as long as I have, you kind of talk to yourself. So she's creeped out. She tells him her mom is waiting for him. And then he cryptically says that if anything happens to her mom, he'll take care of her and that he loves her. So she gets creeped out, goes to tell her mom about seeing Victor to talk to himself, but decides not to. And then leave, and they leave for their honeymoon. Amy gets a call from Garth and he says that he got a blood test and he doesn't have herpes. He also says that he showed her blood test to a doctor and the doctor said he she had never seen a blood test formatted in that way. I thought you were going to say she's never seen a blood test. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Yeah, and they completely ignored the HIPAA violation that showing the doctor the blood test is. Right. Is that, yeah. is that a real thing? It sort of goes against doctor-patient confidentiality, I'm assuming. Oh, I did not know that. I mean, because Garth is is showing somebody else's blood tests to another doctor that didn't. Oh, that's right. Blood okay. There's def- there's definitely some iffy mer- uh, ethics things going on here. Eric Roberts should have gone after that woman's license. Yep. So Garth says that he thinks Victor faked the test in order to break them up. So then Amy then runs off to Victor's house to kind of snoop around, which is basically empty. And she sneaks in through a window. And this is this the same house? I don't know. I, I have no clue. It, it seemed like the same house that was a stand-in for Linda and Amy's house. It, it's very similar. It def, it definitely has... The, the kitchen looked similar, at least. Yeah. Right? The, the island looked almost <laughs> identical. So it might have been. Yeah. So Amy does some snooping. She comes across a newspaper clipping of a woman that died on her honeymoon, which you got to destroy that sort of evidence, man. You can't right. keep that stuff lying around. <laughs> Too many stupid mistakes, man. Yeah. So Amy calls her mom, but can't get through. So then she calls the cops. Cops want her to transfer her to a counselor, but then she admits that she broke up into Victor's house, and the <laughs> cops is more concerned about that. <laughs> Rightfully Did so. you know you just confessed to a felony? That's such a great line. The the, the operator's like, you, you realize you just told me you committed a felony, right? <laughs> it's like, so, like, so matter-of-factly, like, you're an idiot, aren't you? Like, oh, God. <laughs> and then Amy says, you people are impossible. <laughs> you people are impossible. The, the, you just admitted to breaking and entering, but they're the impossible ones. Yeah. <laughs> There's something wrong with them, not you, right? Yeah. You mean you people. <laughs> <laughs> Amy starts driving to, towards the honeymoon house and calls Garth, who seems to have put all of this out of his mind as he plays soccer on the beach. Right, yeah. He just <laughs> he literally got done telling Amy that Victor's up to something. We're like, no, I gotta go play some soccer with the bros. We, yeah. I promised. I, I, uh, I blew them off last week. I gotta make it up to him. All this shit happens, and as soon as he hangs up the phone, he gets a text message. He goes, bro, we're playing soccer on the beach. <laughs> right. He's like, well, I know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> I won't have my phone on me, even though I know my girlfriend is uh, trying to stop <laughs> a potential killer. Right. Uh, we, yeah, we just figured out that this guy's a liar and pretty skeevy. But, you know, how many times am I going to get a chance to play soccer? <laughs> so she gets his voicemail and she tells Garth that she's going to the house and she needs him to meet her there. Victor and Linda arrive at the house and go up to the bedroom. Victor gets Linda progressively drunker and then blindfolds her, then takes her outside onto a balcony. Amy arrives at the house. While Linda is blindfolded, Victor coaxes her to stand on the balcony ledge and tells her to undo the blindfold. Amy shows up on the balcony, and Victor straight up pushes Linda off the balcony. And Victor then wrestles Amy to the bed and tries to assault her. Meanwhile, Linda, showing an incredible feat of strength, managed to cling to the side of of the balcony and pull herself back up as we mentioned once she catches herself though she should have had no problem dropping down in a non-life-threatening fall linda then grabs the champagne bottle and smashes it over victor's head knocking him out the cops show up and they take victor away who's been tied up in a bedsheet and then so does garth and him and amy hug and then we fade out in prison victor is reading lolita as a female prison guard chokes on a candy bar he gets the other guards to open his cell while he gives her the Heimlich, and he's successful in stopping her from choking to death. So she says that she owes him one, and he says, yeah, you do, and then looks right into the camera and gives us a wink and fade out. <laughs> no, that's no, the prison guard, the no prison guard would ever say that to an inmate. I owe you one. Yeah, right? Oh, now <laughs> it's like, well... How much drugs can you smuggle in? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be like the first thing they tell you when you get there. Right? Like, do not say you owe the prisoners <laughs> a favor. That's they rule will, number one. They will definitely take advantage of that. Uh, and that's the end of Stalk by My Doctor The Return and all its craziness. Mm. Yeah, fucking wild, man. So <laughs> wild. It's uh, And at the end, how I had pointed out earlier where... Victor really goes the extra mile for a woman that he despises, essentially. When they get to the honeymoon cabin or mansion or whatever it is, he he went all out. He got champagne. He got the, the rose petals in the shape of a heart on the bed. So, I mean, at that point, the, the ruse is over, dude, right? You don't need to do all that. You I married mean, her. It's over. Look, in... In his perfect world, he's going to need to explain everything to the cops. So it needs to look legit. So you think the rose petals is it, it was 100% needed? I, I think it just it paints a picture of a man in love. Okay. It's like, oh, look, this guy couldn't have. It was obviously an accident. Look, he, look at all the trouble he went to. He wouldn't have just knocked her off, you know? Okay. Although so he doesn't just abandon that because he so clearly pushes Linda right in front of a witness unless yeah. he's planning to kill amy that's a witness true yeah it's it's just i i don't agree with how far he goes in in getting everything the way he wants it mm-hmm. maybe it's just because i'm super lazy <laughs> i think that's probably what it is it is a lot of effort it is look lying's lying is an effort you know <laughs> but the, he he's like the king of it yeah. He really goes the extra mile for he's, it. and He's a lying professional. Yeah, kudos, I guess kudos to him. Although, I would have just stayed in Acapulco, man. Why it's, would you ever... Yeah. Right? Why would you leave to come back to fucking L.A.? Mm-hmm. San Diego. Well, San Diego. Okay. A little better. A little better. I mean, but I... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's a compulsion. He's... Because he's crazy. He can't resist himself when he falls in love with a 17-year-old. 
That's true. I mean, I guess I'm forgetting that I'm not nuts. Yeah. So I got I got to step back and pretend that I'm a, a crazy person, I guess. And yeah, I guess it makes you do weird things. I mean, I say I keep saying she's 17, but in probably in this world, she's probably 18 because it doesn't it makes the filmmakers feel better. You know, <laughs> right. at least she's of age, yeah. sort of, she's, kind she's of. She's an early, early birthday, you know. I was Her just going to say. October, so. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm surprised they didn't come out, like, flat out, come right out and say, like, oh, I just turned 18, like, yesterday in Acapulco, just yeah. to make it, like, borderline, super borderline creep, extra creepy, I guess. Yeah. Is there anything you guys would do to make this movie better? Oh, yeah, we didn't really, like, I would find a better way for the husband to have died. (laughs) (laughs) Just anything, like, just give him a car crash, at least. Give him the benefit of that. Right. Right, you know, he he was coming home from from work or whatever, like a late night at the office, head-on collision, thrown from the car, whatever. Don't. Don't give the man that cut. If I were reading for that part and like it comes like, yeah, you die from falling off a ladder. I'm like, well, I'm passing on this fucking role. <laughs> this is terrible. I will say it is the laziest moment of this movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Every part of it is just so terrible. Help. <laughs> yeah, it's it happens off screen. <laughs> He's not even that high up. It's just like <laughs> it's just it's something that just needs to happen. At the very worst, he should have just gotten a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> I would pro- I would change that. But yeah, man, I just this movie just strikes the right amount of creepy. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I, I was legit uncomfortable watching this movie. Yeah. And that's yeah. Uh, that's a big part of you know Eric Roberts is being he, creepy. Oh yeah, he's so good at it. <laughs> he's so good at it. You sent <laughs> Anthony sent us a picture. Uh, two frames of when they're getting ready to go, when Victor and his newly his his new bride are getting ready to go to the honeymoon suite. And the one picture is Eric Roberts just staring, smiling at Amy. And holy shit, man, that is that would haunt my nightmares. That that look, <laughs> yeah. that's really creepy. I can't believe this guy was in a movie vid- a music video with Mariah Carey. <laughs> right, he doesn't deserve that. Maybe he does. I don't know. But it's just, you know, that's so creepy. Yeah. And I already mentioned mine was I would have had the boyfriend catch her when she fell off the ledge. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a good one. that's the only thing I would add to this movie. I've got you, Mrs. Whatever your last name is. <laughs> no, not even that. Like, she falls and it's one of those things where he, like, breaks her fall. Right. I, I, just, I would have imagined him, like, running out of nowhere, just grabbing her. Yeah. That's I why he's a goalie. That's right, yeah. yeah. And then, then she even says, like, oh, that's, talk about a save. Yeah. <laughs> and that's then what I call that would seem like a pun I would write for Stranger Damies. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that would have been a great ending, by the way. <laughs> I've got you. And he, the he, still and side, he still has his goalie gloves on. on. What if, to kill her, he would push her off the ladder? That would be great. <laughs> right. He puts a blindfold on her and tells her to walk up the ladder. <laughs> now take your take the blindfold off. Oh my god, it's the same ladder. <laughs> why did we get not get rid of this? And why is it at the honeymoon suite? <laughs> he transported it all the way up to the mountains. <laughs> I would have loved that. That would have been a great ending. I also probably would have gotten rid of the fourth wall breaking. It it comes out of nowhere either you get rid of it or you add more 
right? You sure. can't just have one sequence of uh, fourth wall breaking. Yeah, I like it because it muddy it muddies the um the morality of the viewer in this movie. Like, yeah, you're supposed to root for him, I guess, at the end. Like, oh, he got out. Yeah, it it just kind of makes us it makes us complicit in all the things that he did. It's like <laughs> I saw you watching me, right. and you loved it. Right. You stuck around to this part, so. <laughs> And there's going to be a third one. <laughs> I would have loved it if at the end he said that. Make sure to tune in for <laughs> Stalked by My Doctor 3. Yeah, this movie is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and it's mostly, thank thank you, Eric Roberts, for giving <laughs> giving these movies your all. If this is your all. Right. These, are, <laughs> these movies don't deserve your performance, but I'm so happy that they have them. Yeah, uh, Jen made a good a good point. Like the only way these movies could have been better is if like Nicolas Cage was in them. Oh yeah, sure. Nicolas Cage like he could definitely he could pull this movie off. It would have been so good. But uh, yeah, Eric Roberts, kudos to him, man. Like like we were saying, he he probably got the least amount of talent in that family, but he makes it work in this. Yeah, and I'm assuming all the other movies. Mm-hmm. He's doing what he needs to. Yep. Uh, you guys got any final thoughts for for this movie? Uh, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, essentially, it was a fun watch. You know, it it, it goes in line with all those dumb movies that we've seen on Lifetime, Hallmark. You know, the main thing all those good ones are in quotes good ones have in common is that the lead actor is just so into the role and like throwing a hundred percent behind it. Because if you if anybody even throws like eighty percent into this, like Eric Roberts, this movie does not work. He's a hundred percent there, whether he's influenced by alcohol or not, <laughs> allegedly. He's the whole reason this movie's fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, if if you don't give a hundred percent, it definitely shows in this kind of movie. Yeah, I I liked it. I think this was a a diamond in the rough. I had very low expectations, and <laughs> but I I wouldn't recommend it to anyone else. <laughs> Other than us, <laughs> I feel like I would be. People would probably think I was weird if I just went. I'm like, oh, have you seen Stalked by My Doctor, the series? Dude, you gotta go see this. It's so good. They'd be like, Dan, are you all right? I think we need to talk. <laughs> but just purely from a comedy standpoint, it's it checks off all the boxes, man. It's it's hilarious. It's so silly, and I love it. <laughs> all right, you guys want to plug your shit? Uh, yeah, at the Aquino 122 is my Twitter account. Uh, follow me on that. Uh, Stranger Damies on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. We surpassed the 1,000 follower mark. We uh, just keep going, man. I love it. And uh, if you want to talk movies, comic books, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, whatever, we uh, we are open to talk. Yeah, and speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, our podcast Stranger Damies airs every Wednesday, and then every other Monday we also have the Game Vault Pod, which is our video game podcast. We will have a new one coming up, uh, I believe this next week, if I'm doing the math right. We really should find a way to sync the podcast so that I can figure it out every other week. But just check out the Twitter at Game Vault Pod. Um, that'll keep you up to date on everything. We stream as well. The streaming schedule will be there. It's normally Wednesday, Thursday, one of the weekend days, Friday or Saturday um, or Sunday. And then whatever Monday we do, the podcast airs. We do that. So that's twitch.tv uh, slash Pod. We're affiliates, so you can subscribe 
and follow us there. So feel free uh, to do all that. And like Dan said, we're on social medias as well. Okay. And this is They Called Us a Movie. You can find us on at theycalledusamovie.podbean.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. So that's Google Play Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We are on there. Just look for They Called Us a Movie and we should pop right up. This is the main name.com. It's the main website where we post everything that we do. That's the main name.com and on all social media. Just look for the main name and we will be there. So that's Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. So not all social media, but the most important ones. We are also proud members of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all social media at Geek Vibes Nation. A uh, bunch of great people there. Our our shows are there as well as a bunch of other great shows. That There's something for everyone. If you're into geek stuff, there's probably a show for you. Just check those guys out. A bunch of great people just coming together to make great content. And that's about it. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you want to suggest a movie for us, the main name at gmail.com. We have great stuff coming up. We are about to hit our hundredth numbered episode. I think technically in the count, we're there now at a hundred episodes, but really in terms of a hundred movies that we've done, we are, this is episode 98. So we're in a couple, couple more. So we might have a little special show somewhere in there as well. So very exciting. If you have the time, Go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, review it. doesn't have to be a long review. Just tell us we're great. And that's about it. I'm at Antelvec on Twitter. You can reach me there or at the main Damie. Probably their most active on social media is on Twitter, at the main Damie. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, this week, we watched Stalked by My Doctor, The Return, directed by Doug Campbell. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio saying to Doug Campbell, Well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Credit card bill.